Hello and welcome to a very special edition of Machinery Matters, a podcast brought to you by Farm Contractor and Large Hill Farmer magazine. There's a little less machinery than normal in this edition as we were lucky enough to go over and look at the crop clocks at Cereals, an event which is just over a month away. I conducted interviews with each of the um, exhibitors at the crop plots and we've put them together in podcast form for you now. Please remember to give us a like or a review wherever you get your podcasts and enjoy the interviews. Thank you very much. Robert, good to see you again. Um, Tell us a little bit about yourself and the farm first off. Right, uh, we're here at Crystal Grange on a lovely spring day. Uh, the sun's shining and we can hear all the birds and everything. It's a wonderful day. And uh, this will be the sixth time I've hosted cereals. Of course, two years ago in 2020, we got to this stage, we got to this time of year and then COVID came and uh, we, we just came into the site a week or two later and just sprayed the whole thing off with Roundup. And uh, it was great disappointment, but there we were. Anyhow, two years later, we're back here again um, hosting cereals. So I'm really looking forward to it. The farm here is about 500 hectares here in this particular unit. Uh, it's one of uh, about four or, five, four or five farms I have in the Royston area. Um, this particular farm, it's a mixed farm. Uh, we've got um, arable cropping here, including uh, sugar beet. Uh, we also have an 1800 ewe flock as well, which has just finished lambing. And uh, we've also got 60 cow suckler herd. And I also rent land out on this farm for an outdoor pig unit and they've got 900 sows there. So there's a lot of livestock on this farm and it's very much part of um, mixed farming, which interests me is what, it's, it's what I want to do. Okay, perfect. Um, last time Cereals was here, 2018, you mentioned that the whole industry is going through big changes. You were interested in what was gonna happen. Four years on, how are you feeling about things? And uh... Well, of course, in 2018, um, we'd had the referendum. We knew we were coming out, but it was still very early days. Uh, here we are, 2022, and uh, we're, we're, well, with the, the referendum seems quite a while ago, we're out. But of course, enormous things have happened in addition to Brexit. Uh, we, we've, we've had COVID, uh, which has been going on for two years and has had a big effect on the farming industry. And now, of course, within the last six weeks, we've had what's been going on in Ukraine, which is seismic. Yes. Um, and it's it, it's completely changed things for us. How we're going to you know how we're going to move forward, and um, you know we're moving a bit in 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 uh, into the unknown. Um, I like to think I run a business here. You know, some mornings I get up and I think I'm running a casino. Uh, you know the way you, you know the way things are. I mean, moving uh, moving forward. I mean, a lot of people sitting on farming friends who say to me, "Oh, look at your grain prices at the moment." You know, once again, farmers, um, uh, you know, in, in, in the make again. But um, on the other flip side of the coin, we've you know we've seen fuel prices double or nearly triple, and we've uh, seen fertilizer prices. Um, go up to sort of um, three to four times what they were before this happened. And uh, of course then that's one, the price is one thing, but then there's concerns of the availability as well. So looking at kind of how cereals is laid out this year, the things that are going to be on offer, are you going to, are you hoping to find answers to a few of these questions at the event? Well, there's a lot of things. I mean, we're still, we're, 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 well, what are we, about six, seven weeks away from yes. cereals. The situation happening out in Ukraine, which is one of the biggest um, things at the moment, uh, uh, which is sort of hap ha happening in, well, not the background, the foreground, really. And, uh, of course, the, uh, the, the move away from BPS, direct um, payments onto the environmental payments, that is ongoing. And uh, we've always got a situation as we are at the moment. We're waiting for decisions. We're waiting to see what's going to happen. And, uh, 
we, we, we've had a you know the situation suddenly changed uh, in that um, we've all been talking about um, regenerative farming, environmental farming, rewilding all sorts of these things. You suddenly had Ukraine and Russia knocked out of. Um, the grain exporting trade, and you know that's sort of thirty percent of the world's production. We've suddenly had that happen in the background. So um, you know, people suddenly said, "Well, instead of growing wildflowers, you know, we've got to get back to feeding the country. We've got a growing population, um, growing demand, and we, we, we've rather got." Uh, settled in a pattern, oh, we can't grow it, we'll just import it. Well, actually, you can't do that anymore. So, you know, things are changing again. The environmental side, what we're going to have to do and what's expected of us, that hasn't really changed yet. But, you know, at, at the beginning of the day, most, our most important uh, job we have to do is food producers. Yeah, there's a balance in that. Absolutely. Okay. Um, looking at the kind of plots today, how have, and we've had a very mild winter, we've had a lot of, so how have you seen, have you seen any challenges with the establishment and the growth? Well, the, the, the challenge, process? you're absolutely right, we've, we, we've had a mild winter, and the other thing, in addition to a mild winter, we've had a very dry winter, and uh, on this farm, uh, we only get about an average rainfall of 580 millimetres anyhow, and uh, it's so uh, low rainfall on very light free draining soils here as well. I mean, I always say, you know, every year at Crystal Grange is a drought year. At some point of the year, we, we get a dry period and we, you know, we have to farm with that in mind. And uh, this, this area here, uh, the soil here is what you'd, you'd call um, alluvial drift. Um, it's all overlying chalk here and uh, it's quite drought prone here. It's great for hosting cereals, yeah. but not the best sort of um, cereal growing land. So there's been that challenge as well. That, that, you know, there's that challenge as well. I mean, the plots look great at the moment. I just hope we get enough um, uh, rainfall through the summer. So when you come here at the beginning of June, uh, they'll be looking great. And with your farming business, with the mixed farm and the various uh, different enterprises you have going on. What are the benefits to you for hosting cereals? Uh, well, it's my, as I say, it's my sixth time. Yeah. I really enjoy doing it. Uh, it's, uh, we'd, we, we've sort of probably averaged every other year and that seems to be about, uh, about right for us in the farm because it does take quite a bit of time and uh, takes quite a bit of input for us as well. But uh, there's several things. Seeing the trials here, looking at the trials, what's happening and also meeting lots of people um, before the event uh, at like today, crop plot trial day, and also meeting people at the event as well and going to all the um, seminars. You know, it's, it's a massive, uh, it's a big, it's the big function every summer for arable farmers and it's the big networking event as well. You know, when people can get together and meet and discuss these things. And you know, for the last two years, uh, we haven't been able to do that. Um, you know, I'm zoomed out and teamsed out, you know. I, I look forward to getting out, meeting people, going and seeing things. Okay. So what, is that why people should make the effort to come down and see everything that's going to be well, there? You know, absolutely. It's, you know, nowhere's far now, you know. it. Every arable farmer, forward-thinking arable farmer, wants to make the time to come down here and um, have a look. They could see crop plots, they could see new um, uh, varieties of cereals being growing. There's new machinery here, and we've got live demonstrations here of machinery actually working. And there's a lot of sort of um, very pertinent machinery at the moment, like um, inter-row hoeing, which, which we're um, doing this year. So, you know, if you read about something, come here, because you can actually see it happening and make your own mind up about it. Talk to some of the people who are practicing it and some of the people who have the machinery. You know, it's absolute must come to cereals. Hi James, thanks for joining us here. Um, it's good to be at the Rothamstead Trial Plots for the cereals event. The Rothamstead obviously one of the, well, the longest running agricultural research centre, so I've no doubt you've got loads of projects underway at the moment. 
specifically what can people see at the trial plots here at Zero? Well, for cereals is one of the highlights of the year for the Rothamsted scientists, particularly those who are obviously working on cereal crops. One of our biggest projects is called Designing Future Wheat, which we do in conjunction with the John Innes Centre. And that is basically to try and identify traits that may be useful in future breeding, identify them fast and get them into the breeders as fast as possible. Now we do that by using a range of techniques at Rothamsted where we do robotics, for instance, to actually watch wheat growing 24-7, pick up exactly how it's beginning to, to come out of the ground, when you're getting heads and leaves forming, uh, and then identifying those traits early on, mapping them, to the genetics of the plant and moving that into breeding traits so that we can accelerate the process of creating future strains of wheat as fast as possible. And that's really important because obviously with climate change, we're gonna be looking for far more resilient varieties, things that can withstand heat. We're gonna have increasing problems with new pests coming in and we're gonna to have to find varieties that can cope with that. So it's really important that we map out those traits, identify what is driving them genetically and move that into breeding as fast as we possibly can. One of the things we've got on site, I mean, we've got some of the wheat lines we're working on here. We've also got some ancient lines of wheat uh, your emma, your einkorn, your spelt, things that wheat originally came from when it, when it came from the Fertile Crescent way, way back when farming started. We need to go back to those old varieties to try and identify traits, useful uh, genetics that we can use in modern varieties so that we can incorporate that into modern wheats and make sure that when we go into the future, wheat will continue to deliver the yields that we need uh, without us having to uh, raise the impact, raise, raise the inputs that we're going to need uh, in farming. And cereals obviously gives you an opportunity to not only showcase these uh, trials that you're running, but also have a face-to-face -face with the end user and find out what their needs are going to be. Well, that's really important for our scientists. They really want to meet with farmers and dialogue with them. It's important for us to tell farmers what we're working on and other people in the industry. This is publicly funded research. It's, it's open source, most of it. So, uh, you know, it's, it's given to the breeders essentially free of charge so that we can accelerate that process. But it's equally important that we learn from the farmers and the industry people coming here because that drives our science in the future and it enables us to design research programs that are gonna deliver for farming in general and make sure that what we do actually has maximum impact for agriculture in this country. Um, for cereals kind of in general, what do you think is so important about an event like this and being able to come and see not just the trial plots but the new technologies I guess coming through as well? For us, it is about that exchange of, of knowledge between farmers and scientists. It's great that we actually have things growing in the ground here because that makes a huge difference. You can actually see what we're talking about. We're going to be here talking about take-all, for instance. Our team working on take-all will be here uh, talking about the latest research and how we can control that. Uh, we're talking about black grass. Again, a huge problem at the moment. Increasing resistance. We've been working on trying to map that and find different ways of addressing the resistance of black grass. So you'll be learning more about that. We've got some of our wildflower plots here. We're looking at various ways we can basically incorporate these agroecological techniques uh, into farming. What do they deliver? Are they cost effective? How much wildflower strips, how much are wildflower strips actually useful? Do they work? You know, how much of your land would, would it be economic to give up? We'll have our experts here talking about that. And we've got barley as well. Uh, so there's going to be a range of things. The best thing, though, will be that you'll actually get to talk to the experts directly. These are scientists working at the cutting edge of wheat breeding technology and in disease control. Uh, so they'll be able to give you insights into what we'll be able to do in five years time, in 10 years time, and where the science is leading us on that. And equally, they'll be learning from the farmers about what are the things that concern them now and whether we can respond to that and how quickly we can design research programs to actually deliver. And just finally, on the point of developing wheat varieties to deal with future issues, obviously we're seeing some of that now with very mild, very dry winter. What challenges have you seen on your trial plots? I mean, as you know, one of the big problems with wheat is it doesn't like really hot nights. Uh, and we can be sure that we're going to get a lot more of those. So we are going to have to start trying to identify genetic traits that can enable wheat to cope with that. Um, uh, so that's going to be a priority. Climate change, obviously, you know, is the, is the big issue that's going to be confronting all of farming. What will happen, of course, we know it's likely that temperatures are going to be higher, but in terms of extreme weather events, we're not sure yet what will happen. We're, also, we're obviously going to have to deal with, with uh, more 
uh, more variable patterns of, of rainfall and water delivery. So do we need drought tolerant species? All of that needs to be taken into account as we identify new traits. The advantage of designing future wheat is looking across the wheat genome and across the various traits so that we can actually map what does what identify where that where that sits genetically and then roll that out into new wheat breeds as fast as we possibly can. Uh, with Tom Newbury from Sonova. Hi Tom, how are you? Oh yeah, very well, thank you. Good, good. If you tell us just a little bit about what you do with Sonova and why you're excited to be at Cereals. So I'm the seed sales manager at Sonova. We're a variety development and seed company acting as a breeder's agent and a plant breeder for a variety of different species. Uh, we've got a broad portfolio, we've got a lot of different species, different varieties on our stand at Cereals. We're excited to be here, it's an excellent opportunity to showcase our new material and talk to people about what we're doing and what we can bring to the farm and the market. Okay, and you mentioned you've got quite a lot of varieties here on the plot, could you just talk us through a few, like a general overview of what's going to be here? Yeah, so we've got all sorts, as I said, we've got everything from winter beans, including market leading winter bean Vespa, uh, new variety Vincent, um, we've got winter oats, we've got Muscani, the market leader, we've got Cromwell, a new exciting milling oat variety, uh, we've got established winter wheats like Costello, uh, winter barley's like Valerie, and then we've got new winter wheats like Swallow, which is an excellent choice for distilling up in Scotland. Um, we've got naked oats here represented by GB Seeds, so there's a real range of different things for people to come and talk to us about. Okay, and focusing on those kind of new varieties, first off, uh, you mentioned the Swallow, which are winter wheat for distilling. What's, give us a little bit of detail on that. So Swallow is a soft group four wheat, which is rated good for distilling. It's tested very, very well in all the distilling trials and looks like an excellent option for uh, the north of England and Scotland, where the distilling market is, uh, is a big outlet for, for wheat. And then looking maybe over to winter beans, uh, tell us why growers should be considering those, and especially the new variety you've got here, Vincent. So in general, winter beans are a really, really good break crop. Um, obviously there's no nitrogen requirement, so with nitrogen prices being as they are at the moment, very, very high, they're an excellent opportunity to, to remove yourself from, from bag nitrogen for, for, your, for a year by growing winter beans. Um, good for soil health, there's good markets, all our varieties are suitable for export, the pale hylum, good seed size. Um, there's also, increasing demand for homegrown protein, you know, looking for soya replacements and winter beans fit that, uh, fit that requirement excellently. Um, Vincent is a new variety, so uh, very high yielding. It's second on the PGRO descriptive list uh, for yield. Um, it's set apart by its very, very large seed, so it's the largest on the, on the list by a long, long way. It's also got a high protein content. Um, small amount of seed in production for, for this harvest, but it looks like a good one to watch. And you're sharing your stand with Just Oats, and yeah, you so, tell us a little bit about that. So Just Oats is a is a part of our stand where we we have husked oats and naked oats, um, and it's manned by everyone from Sonova as the the breeder's representative to the breeder themselves from Aberystwyth University, all the way through to representatives from the milling industry. So it really is a one-stop shop for oats, really. You can come and talk about variety, you can come and talk about markets. Um, there's also some catering here, you know, porridge, snacks in the morning, stuff like that. So for oats, just oats is really the place to come. And what, what should growers be looking at when, or why are growers looking at oats, I should do? So oats as a crop, they're a, they're a break crop, so they're a take or break, even though they're a cereal. Um, lower inputs compared to other cereal crops, so lower nitrogen, quite often lower fungicides, usually only two sprays for, for oats. Um, good market demand for milling, so there's a really strong milling industry in the UK. Um, contracts are out there for, for, for good quality oats, um, and they offer an excellent break crop option for the grower. Um, varieties like Muscani, proven in the market, demanded by the milling industry for their great quality. And then new varieties like Cromwell that we've got on the stand, High yielding, very good standing, but also higher specific weight than Muscani and high kernel content. Hi Kim, Catherine, thanks for uh, joining us here. Uh, we're on the uh, Syngenta Trials Plot Cereals. Uh, do you want to just introduce yourselves first, I guess, and then uh, go? So I'm Kim Baker, I'm campaign manager for Cereals and Seed Care at Syngenta. And I'm Catherine Hamlin, um, technical manager for Malting Barley in the UK and Ireland at Syngenta. Perfect. And people coming out of cereals this year, what can they expect to see on the Syngenta trial plots? 
So on the Syngenta stand at Cereals this year, we have a wide range of variety plots. So we have wheat varieties, we have our hybrid barley, and we also have our spring and winter molting barley varieties as well. Uh, we also have our rooting zone, and um, we also have our uh, beer that we've brewed, especially for the event as well, which Perfect. we're giving away. I guess starting with the uh, wheat, what new varieties are going to be on show this year? Well, we've got um, the full range of varieties, so including our recommended list varieties of um, Graham Glean and SY Insider. And then we also have our new variety, SY Coach, um, which is a candidate variety on the recommended list. Um, and all of those varieties have unique growth habits and agronomic um, features, which mean that they're fit into lots of different areas within the hard group four feed market. And I guess moving round to your kind of barley varieties, what's going to be new in the trial plots there? Um, again, we've got a, a full range of the hybrid barley. So we've got the, the firm favourites of um, Bazooka and SY Kingsbarn. And then we've got a full range of varieties, again, including our newly recommended variety, SY Canyon. Um, so we're really interested in talking about both the varieties um, in terms of their individual properties, but also the, the benefits of hybrid barley in general. So you've also got a variety of molten barleys here as well? Yes, so we have both the spring molting barleys and the winter molting barleys here. Um, we've got the number one um, spring molting barley of, um, of Laureate. And then we've also got um, a range of varieties all the way through to the exciting new candidates. And then on the winter molting front, we have, um, again, the market leading varieties of Kraft and Electrum and our really exciting new variety SY Vessel, which is a non-GN um, winter malt. So we on the stand here have um, a variety that will fit every single market in the UK malting market. Okay. Okay. And away from the, the kind of actual trials, the crops, you've then got a rooting zone here as well, is that right? Yes, so our rooting zone uh, shows different interactions between crops, varieties and seed treatments uh, and looks at how, um, how rooting can help build a resilient crop with better access to nutrients and water uh, and we'll have some really great interactive demonstrations to show you at the event. Okay, very topical then and kind of staying topical as well, you've got some wildflower mixes at the edges of the plot as well, can you tell us a bit about those? Yes, so around the surrounding the plots, we've got um, the annual annual flower mix, mm -hmm. um, which was um, established in the autumn and it's looking really, really good at the moment. Um, and then um, we are planning to establish again three of the spring establishment mixes of the bees and seeds um, and then the headland brassica and non brassica mixes. Mm -hmm. And we'll also have the experts on stand um, to, to take you through all the, the pros and the the benefits of, of these different um, mixes. Okay, perfect. And then there's, uh, there really is something for everyone at the Syngenta stand. You're holding a beer competition, is that right? Yes, so we are currently run, running a uh, competition to name our beer, which we've had brewed especially for cereals. Uh, and we are looking forward to announcing the winner uh, in the coming weeks. Um, the beer is brewed using our spring malting barley variety Laureate. Um, and yeah, visitors can come along to the stand and claim the beer. So watch out for the name, watch, watch this space. Hello, are you enjoying listening to Machinery Matters? Well then, you're probably looking for a podcast all about the arable industry too. I'm John Swire, and you can join me in my monthly podcast, Arable Chat, discussing agronomy and arable-based topics with special guests from the industry, available to stream on all major podcast platforms. Chris, thanks for joining us here. We're here Thank on you. the LSPB trial plot at Cereals. Uh, this is your first time exhibiting at Cereals. I guess most people would probably know LSPB for your spring beans. So if you could maybe talk us through the spring beans first, they're going to be here. Yeah, yeah, so just to introduce myself first, I'm Chris Gester, the Managing Director of LSPB. Uh, I've been with LSPB since June 2020. Uh, and one of my, the first things I'm quite keen to do is sort of expand the awareness of LSPB. Most people, as you say, will know us from our spring bean portfolio and with varieties such as Vertigo and Fanfare and now Lynx, uh, which is the, the market leader. So we've got some of those on display this year. Um, and we've also got some of our newer varieties as well. So we have a candidate variety, uh, which is still under a code number because of national listing. So we can't talk about that just yet. 
Um, but we've also got Yukon, a very early spring bean, uh, which is sort of helping to push the spring bean market a little bit further into the north, um, along with a really large seeded bean, which is very popular in the, uh, the de-hulling market. And in that, in the kind of uh, sense of expanding what people are aware about to be for, you've got a lot of uh, hybrid Aussie grape varieties on show here. Yeah, so LSPB are um, a subsidiary of the German plant breeding company MPZ Lemke, um, and uh, most people will have come across some of our varieties in the past, varieties like Wembley, Avatar, and we're well known for club root resistant varieties. So we were the first company to bring the Mendel resistant strain of club root into the UK, and we've actually got two of those varieties right behind me uh, in Chrome and Cruiser. Also, um, on, the, on the far side of the stand, we've got um, some other conventional hybrid varieties, uh, which some of those feature our new RLMS FOMA resistance gene, um, Respect and Fleming, which people will see on the AHDB recommended list, but also a couple of new candidates uh, for this year, Murray and Vegas. And how has the LSPB approached the kind of breeding regime to tackle things like that? Well, FOMA is a really important disease in, in orseed rape. Um, probably been a little bit forgotten in some respects over the last five years because of the problems with cabbage stem flea beetle. Um, but at some point we will have a, a significant FOMA uh, problem. Now, we've been breeding and the breeders in Germany have been looking for new sources of resistance. Um, there's lots of major gene resistances that we've seen break down over the years. And the current most popular uh, resistance used is RLM7. Um, and what we've done here, we've, we've de developed a, another or discovered another resistance gene in RLMS. And hopefully that can sort of come into the market to partner these varieties with the RLM7 resistance to sort of ma maintain that um, diversity and, and therefore give longevity uh, to these major gene resistant strains. Now, you've got your oilseed ropes, you've got your spring beans, there's already a lot here, but you're highlighting as well the Carrington uh, spring pea variety, is that correct? Yeah, so um, we have some pea varieties here to show as well. They were drilled uh, a couple of weeks ago now and just starting to poke through, but Carrington from us is um, the number one variety on the uh, PGRO descriptive list. It's the highest yielding pea full stop, so it's a blue or green pea. Um, slightly maybe smaller than some of the more conventional large blues as you would as we would naturally see but really good downy mildew resistance which is really important uh, now in peas and, and spring beans because of the lack of chemistry to control so we need to use genetic resistance um, to combat some of these problems. So plenty for people to see at your first kind of cereals? Yeah absolutely um, we've got spring wheat here as well where we represent a, a European breeder as an, as an agent. We've got winter beans um, alongside spring beans. So we've got the first uh, variety back on the PGRO descriptive list from ourselves as a winter bean and a, another candidate uh, to show behind that. So yeah, lots to see and we're really looking forward to welcoming you know, the, the farmer customers um, because we don't really get opportunity to engage with you know, the numbers of hopefully attendees that we would do you know, over the course of a normal year. And as a final point, it's not just celebratory because it's your first time at Cereals, uh, there's also a big anniversary this year as well. Yeah, so our, our shareholder MPZ are actually celebrating their 125th year anniversary, so we'll have a little bit of uh, insight into that and maybe some history um, from the German breeder because although we've been around for probably just under 20 years as LSPB in the UK, uh, you know, there is a long history behind that in, in plant breeding, both for the European and the UK market. We're here with Nigel Pavery from Freemium Crops. Thank you for joining us. Um, first off, I, the obvious thing here is the all-seed rape plots. So could you tell us a little bit about those? Yes, yes, certainly. Um, well, Premium Crops uh, offer high risk acid rapeseed contracts, uh, which is very different to standard double-low all-seed rape from a contractual point of view and certainly from an end-user's point of view, um, but not different at all from a farmer's point of view, because it is the same species, um, slightly different varieties, but they're very, very similar in terms of yield performance. Certainly the agronomy is the same. Um, the difference, the big difference, is the contract guarantees a premium over double low. And currently that premium is £130 a tonne. Okay, so you've got a few varieties here that people can come and have a chat with you about. Yeah, we've got three varieties on demonstration. Um, exactly the same requirements for high risk because there is for double low in terms of standing power, plant height, 
soil type, matching those off. We run five variety trials nationally every year to test these varieties against double low standards. Uh, I know Premium Crops got a lot of trial plots here on your site, uh, a lot of different things, some they're already established, some they're still due to be established. Could you just highlight a few of the things that you're really looking forward to showing people? Yeah, cereals? well, um, we, we value cereals because it's one of the, probably the, the only event in the UK where we can stand in front of a plot of the crops that we're offering and talk to farmers face to face about those, those species. Um, and because some of the species that we offer are a little bit different to the mainstream, um, then it is great opportunity to be able to demonstrate canary seed or naked oats or red wheat or spelt wheat uh, in, a, in the field so that we can, we can actually show what the plants really look like and uh, what they're taking on. Okay. And with that range of kind of crops here on site, obviously we've had quite a mild winter, we've had some tricky conditions. How have uh, things stood up on? So far, um, everything seems to have come through okay. I mean, obviously, for a demonstration like this, the plots are nurtured. The rapeseed plots behind you were heavily fleeced uh, in, at establishment to keep the flea beetles off. Uh, otherwise, they'd be a real magnet. Um, but they've, they've come through fine from that point of view. Um, touch wood, I think we've had a slightly lower cabbage stem flea beetle year this year, and uh, incidence is certainly not, not as bad as it has been previously. Uh, so yeah, the plots are, are looking fine. They've had standard oilseed rate management from the start, um, so nothing special there. Um, and um, yeah, looking forward to having some decent plots in June. Uh, and you've also been working on a polyfor natural fertilizer yeah. project. Could I'll, you just um, tell us a little bit about that and uh, why you want people to come and talk to you about <laughs> it? Our um, uh, parent company uh, is Sofitra and Sofitra have the uh, marketing arrangements for Poly4, which is a new polyhalite fertilizer product produced by Anglo-American. Um, we have a joint stand with them this year, so Sofitra and Poly4 uh, will be on display uh, on the other side of our stand from here. Um, and hopefully we'll be able to talk about the advantages of using a natural um, polyhalite product, phosphorus product, um, to minimise and replace some of the nitrogen applications, some of the other fertiliser requirements of the crops uh, going forward. Thanks for joining us here. Could you just give us a little bit of an introduction about yourself and why you're excited to be at Cereals? Yeah, so um, I'm Kevin Middleton. I'm a Marketing Communications Officer at NIAB. Uh, we're really excited to be at Cereals. It's uh, one of the biggest things we do every year. Uh, we love to get down here and talk to some real people face to face, uh, especially after the last couple of years, really. And uh, you've got you've got quite a substantial plot here. You've got 125 different crop plots. Is that correct? That is correct. Yes, 125 different crop and variety plots this year. Um, we know that people love to come here and talk to us about different varieties. This is definitely one of our highlights. So we've got 32 winter wheat and 16 winter oilseed rape varieties, which are either established or candidates on the AHDB recommended list. And um, we'll have lots of technical specialists talking to people about those. Uh, for the first time ever, we've actually got some uh, winter wheat variety blends as well. So we can hopefully talk to some people about that. Uh, we've got lots of uh, legumes and protein crops this year as well. Uh, just a whole variety of stuff as well. And am I right in thinking the protein crops and legumes, they're something that you're trying to focus on going forward there, something? Going forward, we're hoping to develop a, a kind of a parallel programme to what we've uh, achieved in winter wheat, where we have our pre-breeding uh, program. So we're hoping to develop our, well, develop the program in legumes and uh, protein crops and develop kind of some of the key benefits of them really for healthy eating or for the climate. Okay and are there any kind of what sort of things would you like to I guess focus on in your trial plot? Are you anticipating a certain focus from people on various on a certain type of crop? I said we, we know that people people love to come and talk to us about all the varieties uh, so uh, our winter wheat varieties are a lot of them are all untreated so you can easily see the um, disease between the different 
crops, yeah. different varieties, um, and that's that's definitely one of the highlights people love to talk to us about. Okay. And another highlight is always the kind of soil pit and uh, the impact on uh, rooting systems and different things under the ground. Uh, so what sort of uh, crops are you having around the soil pit this year? Yeah, the soil pit is absolutely one of our highlights and many people's highlights of uh, of cereals. Um, so around the around the around the actual pit itself, we've got a range of uh, spring legumes, some herbal lay mixtures, some alternative break crops, and it really gives people the opportunity to see uh, growth kind of above and below the soil. So and also this year, we're going to be uh, our soil experts are going to be demonstrating uh, soil monitoring basically which is one of the things so the the how the what the why the when of doing that sort of stuff and there's also going to be a demonstration of uh, a soil sampling robot from the small robot company Jock, thank you for joining us here at the cereals trial plots um if you just want to i guess introduce yourself first and tell us a little bit about service rural and your part in it yeah so my name is jock wilmot i'm a partner in series rural we've been going for 12 months we're a uh, an agricultural consultancy company. We're based uh, in East Anglia and uh, Oxford um, and uh, we do everything on farm from agronomy, picking varieties to wider business management and um, business restructuring. Okay. And cereals I guess gives you a great opportunity then to speak to people and to see these trial plots. Uh, what's been what is so important about cereals from your point of view? I mean, our business is all about communicating with people and meeting, meeting our customers and our clients and farmers. And cereals, especially where it is this year, is in the heart of where we uh, operate. And it's just a, a fantastic opportunity to, to meet people, engage sort of the, the feeling for, for what's going on in farming. There's, um, we've obviously got issues with um, high rising um, import prices. Uh, commodity prices are thankfully quite strong. Um, and it gets us a, a real good gauge to connect with, uh, you know, the people we work for and with. It's uh, also great to meet people within the industry. So, you know, we talk to a lot of suppliers, to the manufacturers, to the breeders, and it's a one one time in the year where everyone's under one um, in one place to to have those conversations. So it's really valuable. I mean, you mentioned there the kind of rising commodity prices. Obviously, it's been balanced out by rising input costs at the moment. Chances are over the next few years that balance will tip probably the wrong way for a lot of people. So is that something that you'll be keen to discuss with people on the day? Yeah, absolutely. We get involved in, you know, selling crops. We're well aware of the economics of it. And um, yeah, commodity prices rise as they start to dip off. You know, we're still left with the inflation in the inputs and it's just getting that balance right. You know, there's fertilizer manufacturers are here. The breeders are here. You know, we get to understand firsthand what they're thinking. Uh, and the message we take home from that, um, you know, on the, on the technical side are, are quite important. You know, what, what can we use that's new and novel that keeps us at the cutting edge, keeps our clients at the cutting edge? And, and most of that, we have those conversations here every year. Okay, brilliant. And you've been supporting the event with your kind of agronomy knowledge here on the trial plot? Yeah, a colleague of ours, Will, has been doing the agronomy on the, on the trial, uh, on the cereal on the site. Um, we know the farm, the farm, the host farm is a client of ours, so we know the area very well, we know the field very well, we know the location very well. Um, it has its challenges in that it's quite a dry site and um, you know we're here now at the start, middle of April, and we've probably got six weeks of no rain in front of us, so we'll see how we deal with that. And it must be quite a unique opportunity for a company such as yourself to be able to see this many varieties, all in similar soils, all in similar conditions and see how they fare. Yeah, absolutely. It's it's a it's it's a it is a unique opportunity to see everything in one in one place. Uh, but it's also a backdrop for discussing the varieties. You know, part of it is you know you get to see the differences between them, but you also get to stand in front of them and just talk about the virtues of them um, with people who are going to be using them. Not not just the the farmers that are growing them, but also the end users. And are there any kind of themes that you anticipate people will be interested in discussing this year at Cereals? I guess the economics is a key one. Yeah, there. the economics of it is, is fundamental. And, you know, we've, we've probably all cut back or used nitrogen a little bit more uh, reservedly this year. Um, so there'll be a, a big focus on trying to understand where we can place that um, in the future and not, not necessarily use it more responsibly because I think we, we do that anyway. But you know, where can we target it better? What tech is out there that is proven that we can use to uh, get the most from nitrogen? 
and maybe a few more nitrogen fixing varieties as well being looked at. Yeah, and you know, it's just, you know what what crops will get um, you know quality and yield of possibly less less input, and that's what we're talking to the breeders about. And um, yeah. I'm here with Will Compson from KWS. Uh, tell us a little bit about what you do with KWS first off. Hi, I'm Will Compson from KWS. I'm the UK country manager um, for KWS. Okay, brilliant. And uh, Cereals is just around the corner. Are you excited to be coming back? We're really excited to be coming back. Cereals is a really important part of our year, an integral part of the calendar there. And it's great to be back um, at the Cereals event in person. We look forward to being able to showcase our new varieties. We've got a new stand this year. Um, we've got some new material and it's great to be able to show our material to our grower customers. Well, yeah, of course, doubly excited because you've got a completely new stand design from what I understand, as you mentioned. Could you tell us just a little bit about that and how it's going to focus on some of the things that KWS do? Our new stand is going to be allow us to showcase our varieties in a more comprehensive way. This year, we've been able to show our wheats in a new design um, and also our new barleys. It's a design actually that we've been, show we've been looking to launch for the last two years, but of course the problems with COVID have meant that we haven't been able to do so. So it's great to be able to be back this year and be able to show everybody um, the new design. So a long time coming, a lot of excitement built up behind the scenes there. Uh, speaking of the varieties that you've got, uh, you're highlighting some of the top varieties there for planting. Uh, I guess if we start with the wheat, that seems like a nice place to start. What new varieties are you going to have here? Exactly. So in, in regards to wheat, we've got KWS Dawson, which is our new high-yielding feed wheat variety with exceptional disease resistance and very, very high levels of physical grain quality as well. Last year, there was a small pre-release of the variety in the market um, and it was sold out very, very quickly. Um, this year, we anticipate um, there's going to be a much larger release of the variety there and it's going to be a very popular variety on farms up and down the country. Okay, and then staying with the new varieties, we're maybe moving on to barley. Yeah. What have you got here? We've also got Caterus Tardis, uh, a variety that came into the market last year there with a limited amount of seed. This year, there's going to be larger availability. It's the highest yielding variety on the recommended list there with very good physical grain quality, similar to cassia that we've seen in the past there, coupled with very good disease resistance and exceptional standing capabilities as well. This is likely to mean that Tardis will become the largest, uh, most widely sown winter barley variety this autumn. Brilliant, brilliant. And then there's a couple of other things here as well. There's hybrid rye and oil seeds, is that correct? Yep. So tell us a little bit about the new varieties there. So we're really excited to um, be able to showcase our new oil seed rapes here. We've got two new candidate varieties, Granos and Henelli. Both varieties, both hybrid varieties there, bring very good disease resistance, incredible vigour there, and very, very high levels of yield there. Granos is particularly exciting there. Um, we're starting to see some uh, potential tolerances there that it has to, to cabbage stem flea beetles as well. Oh, brilliant. And then hybrid rye as well, you've got some new varieties there. Hybrid rye is a crop that we've been developing for the last few years um, in the UK market uh, with good success. There's a big appetite to grow hybrid rye and we're continuing to see this grow. Uh, we're delighted to be able to showcase our two, um, two new varieties, um, Igor and Caterus Teo, um, and be able to speak to growers and talk to them about the merits of not only growing these varieties, but also growing the species. Okay, brilliant. And then just finally on the variety side, I know you mentioned that there's going to be new sugar beet and new pulses varieties, is that correct? That's right. So we've got our Conviso range of sugar beet, um, which we're very excited to be able to talk to growers about. Um, and we've also got our new um, pulses that we're bringing to the market, in particular Caterus Gotham, which is a new high yielding blue pea. Okay, brilliant. And just finally, what do you anticipate will be kind of a customer focus at Cereals? Are there any trends that you anticipate them looking for? I mean, of course, for us, being able to speak to our customers is, is very important. Um, Cereals is our one opportunity in the year where we really get to get a wide audience there, up and down the country of growers there, um, to not only be able to share our experiences, but also to gain feedback from, from them themselves, which we find to be very, very important for our business. Alex, thanks for joining us here. You just want to first off introduce yourself and tell us a little bit about Charbla. Great. I'm Alex Nichols from Corteva AgriScience. Um, I'm here uh, at, our, at our cereals plots. Uh, we're delighted to be back at cereals. 
uh, we'll be demonstrating our new fungicide Univoc um, for winter wheat uh, and also our PT303 hybrid oilseed rape variety. Uh, so, um, yeah, you mentioned that it's the Univoc fungicide. Uh, can you give us a little bit of detail about the development of that and what it's aiming to do? Yeah, sure. So Univoc, uh, it's, it's a, a new active ingredient in there, Inatrec. Um, is, is what we call the, the active in there, together with prothioconazole, a, a, an established fungicide. Um, in a trek, it's uh, the first new active ingredient for septoria control in, in the past 15 years. Um, we had a, a soft launch of it in 2021. It was very well received uh, by farmers and growers. And yeah, we're demonstrating it again. It'll be applied at the T2 timing um, and yeah, it's an absolutely great product providing septoria uh, and other diseases of, of winter wheat control. So by the time cereals comes around in June, people will be able to see how the application has gone and the uh, kind of response. Yes, yeah. I mean, looking in the, the plots, there's septoria inoculum there. We've had rainfall, so it's very likely that it will move up through through the plants and uh, yeah give give something visible so uh, yeah we'll be we'll be looking forward to, to showing that okay. and you mentioned there was a couple of new varieties here on the trial plant as well yes um, our, our main flagship variety that we're we're talking about is uh, pt303 um, this is this is our our, our newest oilseed rape hybrid variety um, it's top of the recommended list um, for, for gross output for yield, um, as well as having uh, a number of other great agronomic traits. And on top of all of that, as a, as a bonus, it's the first variety with sclerotinia um, tolerance as well. And sclerotinia can be a, a real yield robbing um, disease at flowering. And our new variety has this unique tolerance trait within it and um, yeah we're, we're really pleased to be bringing that to the market and uh, you know we know oilseed rapes had a had a tough few years uh, but we think you know our genetics are part of the solution it's got to the top of the recommended list uh, in some very tough years with cabbage stem flea beetle uh, and tough weather conditions and in a way that's a testimony to its resilience and, and what a great variety it is it's a very busy plot here. There's a lot to see, a lot to, for you to show. Um, you've also got the biostimulants portfolio, which you've expanded. Could you tell us a little bit about Utricia N? Yeah, so Utricia N is a, is a new product that we're, we're launching this year. Um, on the stand, you'll be able to come and talk to our, our team, our experts about it. Um, this, is, um, this is from our biostimulant portfolio. Um, it's based on an on a endophytic bacterium um, that actually um, goes into the plant and actually helps fix atmospheric nitrogen. Um, it's something that's, that's been developed over a, a number of years and you know, particularly with nitrogen prices as they are, uh, some of these alternatives have got a, got a real play. Um, but yeah, it's, it's a new bit of technology, it's something different, it's sprayed onto the crop Typically around this time of year, uh, the bacterium colonizes the plant. It doesn't compromise yield, but it gives this fixing of atmospheric nitrogen into the plant. Very, very topical thing. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, just finally, <coughs> you're two years into the Resilience and Ready program, which we're going to release. Yes, it's that's it. It's a three-year program, so will people be able to find out a little bit about that and the results you've seen? Yes, yeah, certainly. Yeah, we'll have our whole team will be will be present, so um, they'll be they'll be very happy to talk about that. Um, it's been a great project for us. We've connected with some some really good growers. And what it's given Corteva is a, is a really good understanding of the, the pressures that arable farmers are under, their needs. Um, and, and so that's really helped us. And in turn, we've helped them with signposting them to various information sources and working with them. So uh, it's been a really rewarding program and something that, you know, once it's completed, we'll look to continue in the future. I'm here with Ed Hutley from Sowers Rural. 
Uh, thanks for joining us here. Uh, tell us a little bit about your role with the company and what you're doing here at Cereals. Yeah, so uh, as you said, my name's Ed Hutley and uh, I'm a partner at Cereals Rural. Uh, we are involved with the agronomy on the site at, uh, at Cereals. This is the second time that we would have attended the event um, and we're um, uh, looking forward to um, taking the experience forward and uh, looking at some of the different crops uh, that are on display um, later in June. I guess from an agronomy point of view, something like this presents quite a unique opportunity because you get to see hundreds of varieties in the similar conditions and be able to compare in that regard. Yeah, absolutely. I think one of the one of the key things uh, for us is that um, the current uh, economic climate is such that um, uh, trying to find um, crops that are financially viable uh, and sustainable for uh, producers to grow uh, is really difficult. And so um, for us at Series Rural, it's a, a huge opportunity for us to be able to look at different crops uh, and be able to extract information for that that we can then pass back to our clients in regards to uh, what are the emerging crops that um, uh, could be the, uh, the, the next big opportunity. Okay, uh, we've had quite a mild winter, we've had some challenging conditions. How has that impacted the trial plots from your point of view? Well, it's probably been a little bit kinder than uh, in the last two years in terms of autumns, which has been good for getting crops off and away. Uh, but yeah, we're now into a period where it's a bit dry and uh, the, the site here at Cereals is uh, prone to drought. So uh, that's obviously something that uh, we're hoping for a little bit of rain, but you have to be careful what you wish for. Of course, of course. And I take it you and your team, you'll be here, you'll be available to talk to uh, people who are interested and see what's been available here? Yeah, absolutely. So yeah, here for both days, um, we're running um, uh, a series of um, uh, seminar-like discussions. Uh, on the second day, we're running our next generation breakfast, which, um, uh, yeah, Cheerful Charlie will be our uh, uh, person that will be conducting that. Uh, that's been a really successful uh, way for us to be able to um, yeah, incentivise new, new entrants into the industry to hear what's going on in the latest topical matters. Uh, one of the things that um, we're going to be working really hard at for uh, cereals is um, uh, a lot of people are uh, comfortable with the prospect of how their financial performance is going to be for this harvest, but have a lot of concerns about what's going to happen next year. Um, and with the rising price of fertiliser and that sort of thing, we're going to be trying to uh, put forward um, sustainable solutions that um, uh, can allow uh, farms to perhaps introduce more regenerative practices that might help them save money, but also farm in a more uh, environmentally sympathetic manner. And is that something you see will be a focus this year at Cereals, that kind of financial impact of the various world events we're seeing, uh, the loss of BPS, things like that? Absolutely. I think, um, you know, we're, we're, as we stand here today, we're two months out from uh, the, the cereal show and a lot can happen in that time period. You only need to look back at the start of the year to see how quickly things have changed there. Uh, but there's no question that um, uh, the uh, digressivity of BPS has been something we've known about for a while uh, and the time is now for us to uh, start making changes and uh, preparing uh, before uh, the pot runs out and it's too late. Thank you for listening to Machinery Matters, a podcast brought to you by Farm Contractor and Large Scale Farmer magazine. If you could please remember to subscribe on your favourite podcast supplier and leave us a good review on Apple Podcasts. Many thanks. Bye-bye.